God bless you as we seek the Lord together for the year 2022. This is STL 22. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for the completion of this week. Thank you so much for these lessons. Thank you so much for what you are teaching us and what you are saying to us. We hear you, Lord. We are thankful in the name of Jesus Christ. And we ask that you would continue this lesson within us individually in our prayer closets as we're driving, as we're walking, as we're washing dishes, Lord. We ask that you continue to speak to us concerning this Rebecca season that we've been introduced to through these scriptures and by your spirit. And Lord God, we love you and we thank you so much for another day. We thank you for blessing us. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for hearing us in Jesus name. And I ask father in Jesus name that you would teach this lesson. Um, this is your word. These are your people and you know exactly what needs to be spoken into their hearts and into their spirit. So I'm asking father that you would release a word for them from your kingdom in the name of Jesus. We love you. Um, I'm asking that angels surround each and every person who is listening. And um, I pray in the name of Jesus for your grace to be upon them and your blood to be upon them and that you would keep their hearts and their minds from all distraction. In Jesus name we pray, amen. I glorify the Lord. Today is a blessed day and um, I thank him for another day. And so um, we are at the final day of this week. This is the final day of week two. I feel like things are going by kind of fast now. Um, we're already halfway through this fast. We're just about halfway through. And um, whoa, I feel like, you know what? This is, this is going a little too fast for me, okay? <laughs> We're almost halfway through this and um, so far it, it has really been amazing and um, I want to get into the topic of destiny today and how that plays into this um, prophetic season where God has us working. So the first week we learn about Eve and everything we can gather from her. One thing we can take away from that is the revelation of Jesus Christ as our creator, as the one who designs us, as the one who intimately interacts with us, who loves us, right? The one who calls us to himself before he really calls us into anything else and the one who has imparted our purpose into us. We, we meet Jesus in that way and that's how we got to know him in the first week so now we are meeting jesus in um a new way um in this um second week of teaching um, about rebecca and so um we meet him and what of course is this all leading up to this is leading up to her purpose this is leading up to her destiny this is leading up to her meeting the bridegroom and um we are seeing jesus here as just that, as um, the bridegroom, the one who is calling for us, the one who has prepared this beautiful marriage supper for us, the one who has gifted us and is um, beckoning us to come to him. Glory to the name of the Lord. And so turn with me to Genesis 24. Of course, we're there and um, we are going to jump around through a few different scriptures, um, I just want to pull out what the Holy Spirit um, spoke to me about concerning this final lesson, and that is destiny. And so one thing Rebecca did not know, and I pray that you've read this chapter in your personal prayer time, Genesis 24. Um, one thing Rebecca did not know is that someone was praying for her specifically. 
She did not know that someone was praying that God would align them with her. Rebecca had no idea what destiny had in store for her. The thing that we need to take away from this as individuals, as daughters of God who are in this prophetic timeline, right? We need to take away from it that God is preparing us for something even when we don't know it. So we see that the servant, he prays um, that the Lord would align him with someone and that someone we find out is Rebecca. And um, she is doing literally um, what she would typically do. This is not something that is new for her. This is not something that is out of the ordinary for her to go in the evening and to get water and um, preparation, presumably for the next day and to do it while it is the cool of the day and not at like, you know, high noon and to have that water available when everybody is up. That seems like pretty typical behavior. So she's doing what is typical. But the thing is, she is doing it with zeal and with love and consideration. So when she meets this servant, it is her character that is pulling her into God's destiny for her. If she had any other mindset, if she did not want to be bothered, if the man spoke to her and she ignored him, if she would have gave him water, but did not offer any to his donkeys, this would have been the end of Rebecca. But we see that she had such good character that God knew that he could place her there because she is the one um, chosen for the task. And she's the only one that would have had the heart, the consideration, the discernment, um, and the call for the task. And so it's not that um, she didn't have any type of expectation for her life. I'm not trying to pull that out of, um, you know, Rebecca's story. And I'm not saying that about you. I'm sure that you have expectations. I'm sure that you have hopes. You may have a vision board or some type of plans that you have for the future. You may have a journal where you have journaled the things that you want to come to pass or the words the Lord has spoken over you. Um, so we know that it's not that, um, Rebecca did not have, um, an expectation to do more or become more. Okay. Because what happened to her happened rather suddenly. And this is why it's important to be obedient to God through every season in our life, because we don't know how one season is preparing us for the next. We don't know how that simple act of obedience is propelling us into our destiny. So we know that Rebecca had that expectation to become a wife or to travel or to do more or experience more. It is that um, she just had no idea when or how this would happen. She didn't know how she would become a wife. She didn't know how she would experience more or see more or get to travel outside of, um, you know, where she lived with her family. And I'm going to tell you all something when we dig into this and get a, into the backstory a little bit. How unlikely is it that Rebecca was not betrothed to anyone? She was not a part of any type of prearranged marriage. She was literally as single as can be. And during this time in ancient Near East culture, that is definitely unheard of. That is definitely not likely that there is a young, beautiful, as scripture calls her, virgin, okay, 
that is not espoused to anyone. And so you can almost think how Rebecca must have felt being a virgin, being beautiful, but not being betrothed. You know, sometimes we have this idea of how we feel like life should go based upon the way life goes for everyone else. But that's just not the case when God has his hand on your life, when God has chosen destiny for you. So sometimes we don't think we have what other have what others have um, because something is wrong with us or because we're undeserving or because we're not ready or it's just not for us. You know, that thing is not for us. Maybe it's for them, but not for us. Life works out like that for them, but not for us. You know, Rebecca could look around at all the other beautiful young virgins and say, you know, it's for them to be in prearranged marriages, to have someone um, to go to, to have a man that actually wants them. But see, she didn't have anybody and she could have been thinking the very same thing like you know maybe it's just not for me maybe that is maybe something is wrong with me maybe I'm not ready for that thing um sometimes it's our family's character or the generational curses that we are aware of or generational limitations what we've seen um people in our families never attain to or never achieve um these things cause us to believe that um where we are we will always be. This is just how life is, okay? Sometimes we feel like we don't have the same advantage as other people. Well, maybe if my parents weren't on drugs, maybe if my parents were married, maybe if my parents were in a higher tax bracket, um, maybe if we lived in a better neighborhood, uh, or maybe if I had a certain level of education, maybe that doctoral degree, maybe if I finished up that bachelor's, maybe if I could attain to these things, then, um, you know, I could actually be um, not just like everyone else, but have that the best life possible. Right. And so a lot of us, we think that way, that maybe our circumstances aren't favorable towards us. And think about Rebecca. So we see Rebecca. Let's break this down, y'all. She's young. She's beautiful. She's a virgin. Seemingly, you know what we can say? Nobody wants her because she's not even married. So you can think about what that's doing to her self-esteem, what she could potentially think about her family. They must not want me to get married because my brothers, they're not even speaking with anyone else, you know, about letting me leave this house, leave this situation. They don't want me to be a mother. They don't want me to experience the world. They don't want me to leave this place and move on to something better. Who knows what she's thinking? She's still at home. Um, and literally she is drawing water for the household. There's nothing more menial or less exciting or less stimulating than drawing water from a well who wants to do that and imagine doing it day after day and the young women that you used to do it with now they've moved over into a different village or a different town because they've gotten married and every once in a while you may see one of them and they have a pregnant belly and here you are you're still doing the same old thing still living with the same old parents in that same old place and here she is nothing really exciting about her life Nothing really stimulating about her life. Nothing um, notable, really, up until this point about her life. She's just pretty. She's young. No man wants her. <laughs> She's still at home with her parents. And um, what is it? 
what is it that caused her life to change so drastically, so suddenly? Can we, can we, can we, can we take a wild guess? It was destiny. Destiny caused Rebecca's life to change just like that. So um, her heart, her character, her humility, her zeal, her willingness, her obedience qualified her for more than a doctoral degree, a doctoral degree, excuse me, a mansion in the suburbs or a prearranged marriage or rich parents could ever qualify her for. So it's important for us to understand that on this path to destiny, we don't know how God is going to fulfill what he has placed in our hearts. We don't know what God has is has planned for us because scripture says eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. And it has been revealed to us by the spirit of God because the spirit, he searches the deep things. But there are some things that we just don't even have a clue are coming. God has things arranged for us that are better than what we thought and better and bigger than what we've imagined. But there's a certain way that we have to be in order to get to our God ordained destiny. There is a certain posture that we have to have if God is going to um, keep us in his hands and we're going to stay moldable um, and, and, and movable within his hands. You know, we don't ever want to become stiff. We don't ever want him to be able to say, I can't work with them anymore. They won't move with me anymore. They're, they don't shift with me anymore. So it was her character, you all. It was her obedience. The man said, can you give me some water? And she said, yes. And she watched him and she waited for him to finish drinking. When he finished drinking, guess what? She said, I'm going to get some for um, the animals that you're with. It was her zeal. She ran to do this thing. It was her willingness. He didn't even have to ask her the second part. It was her heart, her discerning, her humility that, yes, I have to do this thing for my family. But guess what? I'm going to do it for you, too. And I'm even going to do it for those little um, funky animals that you got with you, okay? Her character is what was necessary along this road to her destiny. If she had any other heart, she would have missed God's plans for her. But her having this posture, her having this character qualified her more than anything else could have ever qualified her, okay? This thing put her right on the path of her destiny. And so when I got to this point, the Lord told me, he said, tell them the difference between chance and destiny. Okay. Tell them the difference between chance and destiny. I want you to know something that God wants to get the glory out of your life. And he doesn't do it by chance. He does it by destiny. Chance is something that is, um, it's impersonal. Uh, according to Merriam-Webster, it's an impersonal, purposeless determiner of uncountable happenings, unaccountable happenings. So it's just something that might happen and it, it's really no, um, it's nothing uh, predetermined. Um, it's just a situation that may favor a, a, a specific purpose. So you know what? 
if you do have rich parents, maybe you will um, be able to afford certain things and have a certain social class or something like that. Maybe um, by chance, if your parents were a certain kind of way, or if, if by chance, you know, you did get married at a younger age and your husband was a certain kind of way, by chance, maybe that could have set you up in a certain kind of way. But chance can't do for you what destiny can, okay? Destiny cancels out chance every time. Chance is happenstance. It can fall upon anybody. Destiny is something that is pre-arranged by God, okay? He's the one who creates history. Destiny is pre-arranged and pre-written by the author and finisher of your faith. So go with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, and we're in chapter 1, and we're going to be at the 26th verse. And it says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. So imagine how she's feeling. This beautiful virgin who's unmarried, this beautiful virgin who no one wants, this beautiful virgin who is really just still at home with her parents, not really doing much with her life. She's drawing water. We see that she hasn't really accomplished much. And so when we feel like we're in a low place and we feel like we don't really have much going on, all you got to do is lift your hands and say, I'm ready, Jesus, because it's time to get ready because God is calling people just like that. He's calling the ones that are not mighty and noble after the flesh because God needs the glory. You got to understand it's that no flesh should glory in his sight. So he chooses the base things of the world and things which are despised. Trust me, a young woman like that, that's not married in that culture. That's a thing that's despised, but God has chosen that thing. Hallelujah. And things which are not to bring to naught the things that are why so that no flesh can glory in his presence. Okay, we can't say that her circumstances were so favorable. As a matter of fact, she was asked to do something that was pretty um, humiliating. And then she made herself even lower by running to get water for the donkeys that he rode in there on. She made herself lower. And the Bible says, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time, he will exalt you. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There was much grace upon her life because of what she chose to do. She stepped right in to destiny. This wasn't chance. So I went to the definition of destiny. Destiny is, listen to this, um, a thing that's destined is something that is decreed beforehand. It means to designate, assign, or dedicate and consecrate in advance. Destiny means to direct, devise, or set apart for a specific purpose or a specific place. Destiny is a predetermined course of events often held to be an irresistible power or agency what Merriam-Webster just told us is that you cannot resist the power in the moving of destiny. You can live under the projects, beloved. You, both your parents can be crackheads. 
When destiny finds you, destiny will place you in a mansion and put a crown on your head. Destiny changes the course of your life. Destiny has nothing to do with the circumstances of your birth. Destiny has nothing to do with your bloodline. Destiny has nothing to do with what you're capable of. Destiny has nothing to do with what you've accomplished. Destiny has nothing to do with your level of education. It has nothing to do with who you're married to. It doesn't even have anything to do with your current struggles. Destiny has nothing to do with your status. Destiny has nothing to do with your influence. Destiny doesn't need your social media platforms and it doesn't need any social media followers. Destiny doesn't even need a slew. Listen to this of prayer partners, honey. People can be praying against you. If destiny is for you, you're going to be in the will of God. You're going to find yourself doing what God has predestined you to do. We don't need chance. We don't even need favorable circumstances. All we need is destiny. Destiny is irresistible. And Merriam-Webster tells us it's an irresistible power. We need destiny. We need to begin to pray to the Lord that destiny would be fulfilled, that destiny would find us. Turn with me to Job 23. Job 23. And we're going to read verses 13 and 14. And I'm going to read the New Living Translation. And it's speaking about the Lord. And it says, but once he has made his decision, who can change his mind? If God said that David was going to be king, did it matter that he sat in a field surrounded by sheep rejected by his family? Once God has made his decision, who can change his mind? Did it matter that Rahab was a prostitute? No, 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 no. She was predestined to have something to do with the lineage of Jesus Christ. It didn't matter. It didn't matter about her heathen family. It didn't matter about her heathen lifestyle. Once God has made his decision, who can change his mind? Whatever he wants to do, he does. I want you to remember that about yourself. That God has called you. God has gifted you. You've said yes. God has made his decision. Nobody can change his mind about you. Not even you with the mistakes you make, with the, with the amount of falls, slips, trips, stumbles. Not even you can change God's mind about you. Not even you wanting to give up, wanting to turn back, saying it's too hard. Not even you ignorant to what God wants you to do. Not even you still struggling with generational issues. Not even you can change his mind. Why? Because he's made his decision. And just like the Bible says, whatever he wants to do, he does. Verse 14 says, so he will do to me whatever he has planned. He controls my destiny. My God, we can rejoice right there because I don't control my destiny because if I did, I probably would be dead by now. I thank God that I don't control my destiny because if I did, I probably wouldn't be saved right now. If I controlled my destiny, I may be somewhere on drugs in a club drunk right now, but I thank God 
that he controls my destiny. So he will do to me whatever he has planned. What does the Bible tell us? It's not many noble, not many uh, wise. God has chosen the base things. Yes, yes, yes. All of us who makes mistakes, all of us who mess up, some of us who talk too much, some of us who want to put our hands to the plow and look back, some of us who know good and well that if it wasn't for grace, we wouldn't even be able to listen to this today. Some of us know we would be in our graves. But I thank God that he controls our destiny. Why don't y'all just say it? Just say he controls my destiny. Hallelujah. He controls my destiny. And this is where there's no weapon formed against you that shall be able to prosper. And this is where every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you can condemn it. Why? Because God controls your destiny. He's going to do whatever he has planned. You can't even get in the way. God is going to do whatever he has planned. You can't even stop it. Doesn't matter. All you need to do, have the right posture so that you don't hold up your blessings as the Lord is moving you according to his perfect will. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Ephesians 1, verses 4 and 5. And it says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So this choosing is not happenstance. Okay. So Rebecca, she was chosen before she was born. As a matter of fact, Rebecca was chosen before the world was founded. Before this earth came together, together, um, Rebecca was already chosen. So she's thinking, man, I don't have a husband because I'm not good enough, man. I'm still at home because I'm not capable enough. I must not be smart enough. I'm still doing menial tasks because I don't really have much talent or skill. I guess this is the sum of my life. And no, 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 no. She was still in that place because she was waiting for destiny to catch up with time. Okay, so before the world was founded, God said, Rebecca is going to marry Isaac and she's going to have her hand in the creation of a great nation. Rebecca is sitting on the sidelines watching everyone else live, watching everyone else move, watching everyone else grow. And she's not going nowhere, not understanding that her life, every second of her life, every detail of her life had been pre-written and predestined and preordained and pre-sanctioned by God himself. And that everything that was going on with her was perfect. And that anything else happening in her life would have thrown off the course of this whole world. You don't know how important your destiny is. So you may feel like you don't really have a good job. You may feel like you don't make enough money. You may feel like, I don't, I don't think I'm that cute. You, whatever you think about yourself and it's lower and it doesn't align with God's preordained will for your life. I'm going to say this. The devil is a liar. Let that thought go. Let that mindset go and receive this. You are in your prophetic destiny. You are on your way to fulfilling God's perfect will for your life. Doesn't matter about your generational curses or limitations or what your mom and daddy did or what they didn't do. 
God has chosen you and he's the one who controls your destiny according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us or destined us unto and predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Why did he predestine us? Because he wanted to. It was just according to the good pleasure of his will. It, it pleased him to do that. That's why. It's what he wanted to do. God has destiny attached to your life because he wants it there. Okay. And, um, it was always there. And as he tells Jeremiah, we can go there, go to Jeremiah one and five. And God says here, he says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. He says, before your mother and your father met each other, I knew you. I already knew you. I was already in commune with you, communion with you. I already had intimate knowledge of you. And before you came forth out of the womb, you were already sanctified and ordained to go forth and do what I've sanctified you and ordained you to go forth and do. This thing is not happenstance. This thing is destiny. This thing came about before you were born. This thing came about before you were conceived. This thing came about before your mother and your father met each other. This thing came about before the world was founded. Take it all the way back there. This is destiny that you're living right now. This is destiny playing out before you. You may think, listen, this is small. You may think my position in church is nothing. You may think I can't even find a church home. You may say, listen, God is calling me out of my church. What am I supposed You are in destiny right now. This is what it looks like. This is what it consists of. This is what it requires. It doesn't look like what everyone else has going on. Remember, Rebecca, she's still single. Very unusual. Had no idea that God was setting her apart and consecrating her for destiny. So some people may reject you and not like you. Good. They're not supposed to. They would mess up God's plans for your life if they stayed around too long. Tell them bye. Thank you. Go. Don't need you. All I need is destiny. All I need is my destiny. Hallelujah. It's the destiny that brings glory to God. There's nothing by chance. Everything is divinely orchestrated. Hallelujah. And some of these things are unlikely. It's unlikely that God calls you out of the church and then puts you into ministry. That's unlikely. It's unlikely that God calls you into a church where people don't really care for you too much. That's unlikely. <laughs> it's unlikely. For a beautiful virgin to be without a husband, but she had no idea God was preparing her for something. She had no idea she was consecrated and set apart. And so for all, all of you who feel like you are rejected, who feel like you are not seen, who feel like you've been left, who feel like you've been forgotten. Many of you who can't figure out your life are distracted with family issues, are trying to find your identity. I want to tell you something. You are in line with God's will for your life. Stay humble, stay obedient, maintain good character. Let the word of God wash you and direct your path. Okay. Stay on your face before the Lord. Keep that humble posture. Keep that obedient posture. Keep that willing posture and that zealous um, posture before the Lord and watch what he does. He is preparing you to step into 
destiny. And we thank the Lord for destiny, that irresistible power and agency that's getting us from this season of transition into the season of um, fulfilled prophecy and um, that glory that God has awaiting us. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank God for the irresistible power of destiny that is moving us from point A to point B and we don't even know it. We can't even see it. I just want you to know this. If you don't understand what's going on in your life, if you don't understand why your husband acts the way that he does, if you don't understand what's going on with your children, if you don't understand what's going on with your body, if you don't understand what's going on with your mind, all you have to do is say, he controls my destiny. What does that mean? I'm not even in control of this. All I can do is humble myself and let God have his way. And in that, you can glory. Because if you let God take control and you let God have his way, oh, you know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be good. So we thank God for destiny. We thank God for his ordained purpose. I pray that you feel empowered. I pray that you don't give up. I pray that you move forward. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you allow the Lord to work all things out according to his own counsel. Glory to God. He has good plans for you according to the good pleasure of his will. Or, um, and this is, this is just how it's going to be. This is destiny for you. And it may not be glorious now. And there are some things that certainly you don't understand and some things you probably would change if you could. But just stick it out. God has amazing plans for your life. And I'm excited for you. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for destiny. We thank you. I'm asking God that you would impart a willingness and a zeal into every person who's listening to me right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, God, that nothing can stop them from inheriting the destiny that you preordained for them before the foundation of the world in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you that you knew them before they were formed in the womb. We thank you in the name of Jesus that you have set them apart for a purpose and destiny um, in your spirit working through destiny will allow them to accomplish it all. And we thank you for that. Keep them obedient, Lord. Keep them um, sensitive to you, keep them in love with you, um, keep them humble before you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we honor you. We love you. We bless you. We praise your holy name. There's none like you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we do pray. Amen. God bless you all.